613 Martin Luther King Day 2023. Glad you're with us. I hope you're off today. And if not, you're driving around in traffic. Do you see anything you think we need to know about? We would love for you to text us at 504-260-1870. Highs of 72 today, plenty of clouds. Uh, then warm and humid tomorrow, highs of 78. Wednesday is going to be stormy uh, with highs of 80. Then Thursday, less humid, highs of 70. Then it really cools off Friday with highs of 58 and sunny. But then a little bit rainy by the weekend with a 60% chance for storms both Saturday and Sunday and highs between 60 and 65. Mike Detelier joins us, our friend, WWL NFL analyst, co-host of Sports Talk. How you doing, Mike? I'm good. Thank you, Tommy. You watched a lot of football this weekend? I'm taking it? I sure did. Give me your thoughts. You want to start chronologically? How you want to go in order here? You want to start with uh, Seattle-San Francisco? Let's do that. Of all the games, um, and yet this early on was fairly close. This this was only the, the only blowout uh, of all the playoff games this weekend. Um, I thought all of them were pretty entertaining. Uh, now, I thought... You saw a lot of bad football between Buffalo Jeez. and Miami, but it was entertaining. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, no man, again, uh, San Francisco showed you uh, their defense and and Brock Purdy uh, that they're for real. I mean, you know, and we saw it throughout the season uh, where San Francisco defensively really is, is a good football team and uh, – Purdy has not uh, wet the diaper no. uh, as, as a quarterback. Um, along those lines, you talk about Buffalo and Miami yesterday. I, I don't know what was going on with Buffalo or Josh Allen, but I don't think – I didn't open a game book, but I don't know that um, the r- rookie from Miami outplayed him necessarily, did he? Buffalo, they are who they are. It's almost like dynamite. Uh, you better be real careful with them. Um, they have episodes where they play really well, and then they have episodes where they don't look good at all, and they have a, they create a lot of errors, a lot of mistakes, and uh, Miami's an explosive football team, and uh, they sort of handed Buffalo the game yesterday. Uh, Skylar Thompson. Uh, I've seen some people and even got some texts from different people about how he's not an NFL quarterback. He had three passes dropped yeah, wait, early before, in that game. Before the game or during the game you got texts? During. And, and oh, so well, my, my thing is – Waddle uh, looked like got, he had fins trying to catch a ball. My thing is uh, we should have a sale on TVs at uh, uh, Walmart, Best Buy, wherever you buy your TVs because, you know – uh, I don't know what more you wanted him to do. Now, he made a couple of lollipop throws, but uh, uh, he had three of them early in the game right in their hands. They dropped it. Uh, but with Buffalo, you you know, you sort of know what you're getting. That I've seen this before from them, where they play very well, and then at times uh, they sort of disintegrate right in front of your very eyes. A lot of self-inflicted uh, type situations. Uh, with the Bills. <laughs> to be honest with you, it reminds me a lot as a kid uh, watching Namath and the Jets where they are, they are entertaining and they can put on quite a performance. And yet at times 
it all comes apart real quickly. But that that's who they remind me of uh, as a younger guy in watching the Jets with Namath, where they look spectacular in, in certain situations. And at other times, they don't look good at all. And Miami had a shot yesterday, really, really did, uh, to steal that game in Buffalo. And they they couldn't do it, but still, uh, it goes to show how schizophrenic this Buffalo Bills teams uh, are. And, and I've seen it all season long, the exact same way. I don't know how you can fault Skylar Thompson given the situation. First of all, you do have to take that into you know, account. Um the 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 Damar Hamlin um, advantage, and I'm not saying that in a mean way at all. That Buffalo had, you you would think. I don't know what happened to that. I I don't know. Schizophrenic, I guess it'd be a, it'd be a good phrase. Skylar Thompson had a quarterback rating of forty in the forties, but um, Josh Allen did better comparatively, ninety three point one. But still, that's not Hall of Fame statistics. So. Boy, if it had not been for those drop passes, you'd have been talking about a different game completely, and I can only imagine. You, you, you had an opportunity there, really did. I thought the Dolphins would maybe try to run the football a little bit more and try to protect their young quarterback because that, that's what you do in that spot. Uh, we saw it in the last game last night uh, with the Ravens. Uh, their ability to run the football protected Hundley uh, very, very well. And gave him an opportunity to to be in the ball game, and actually, uh, last play of the game sort of ended it. But uh, I was surprised uh, McDaniel didn't seemingly didn't want to run it. He he wanted to put all this uh, on the shoulders of Thompson getting the football to Tyreek Hill and and Jaden Waddle, and and that's all great and fine, uh, but uh, th- that's a lot for a rookie quarterback to handle. Uh, let's take a break. We'll pick it up here. We'll come back. We're talking to Mike Detilia, our friend, WWL NFL analyst, co-host of Sports Talk about the playoffs over the weekend. Of course, he and Bobby J are going to second guest tonight at the Silver Slipper. If you have any questions or comments, 504-260-1870. I'd like to know what you think. And I got some questions about what we learned about quarterbacks this weekend. 620, back in a flash, WWL. Talking about the playoff games over the weekend with our friend Mike Detelier, WWL NFL analyst, co-host of Sports Talk. We do appreciate your time, Mike, because I know you got a long day. You'll be second-guessing with Bobby J. Live in the Silver Slipper Casino, your host on a coast. They'll analyze the winners and losers in the weekend NFL Super Wild Card games and look ahead to tonight's game, which we'll have for you here, who won, who lost, and why. Plus, he'll talk Saints football with Pat Swilling. Legendary Saints linebacker from 86 to 92 and member of the Dome Patrol and its seven final matchup, Cowboys and back, uh, Buccaneers, pregame 7, kickoff 7.15 on WWLAMFM.com and always live on a free Odyssey app. I can always remember before Katrina playing Eastover, Mike, and seeing Pat Swilling's estate from I think it was the eighth or ninth hole. So yeah, it's right, it was right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I sure think enough. it was nine. I think it was nine. Um Let's talk about, um, you know, yesterday there's something that was kind of touching in a way. Roger Goodell presenting young Charlie Heisinger with Super Bowl tickets in the third quarter, at the end of the third quarter. Unfortunately, his Vikings won't be going to the Super Bowl. The Vikings kind of showed who they were, don't you think? It seems like there was a lot of hype around this team the whole year that they didn't really deserve. What do you think? Well, they won a lot of close games. Uh, listen, uh, I'd rather be lucky than good. Mm-hmm. 
sometimes, and and that occurred. Until it runs with, out. Uh, yeah, well, eventually everything runs out. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you're good, eventually it runs out. So uh, they were able to win a lot of close games yesterday. I don't they think Bobby Jay is ever going to run out of money. Um, I would say I was. That's an affirmative. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So not to get not to get sidetracked by the argument, but in terms of things running out. Bobby Jay, I think, will be all right for the rest of his life. I'm yeah, just yeah. He he always gives me the business about money, but but listen, he he won't run out. No, he no. won't run out. So, um, man, you know, when you see the Vikings, you kind of know what they have. They're they're an explosive offensive team, but defensively, man, they give up a lot. And uh, Brian DeBall is a really good head coach with the Giants, and you saw his impact. And this is nothing against Dennis Allen. But he would have been the guy I would have probably leaned toward uh, as as the predecessor uh, to Sean Payton. Um, I just think he he doesn't look the part, so to speak. But man, he's a sharp guy. He understands this game at another level. He certainly has turned Daniel Jones into a pretty doggone good quarterback at, with the Giants. And they got a healthy Saquon Barkley. Now, most of the receivers they have, you would have a difficult time. The average fan, if I ask you who's the starting receivers for the Giants, you, you got some difficulties with that. But they ran the football really well yesterday. Jones was a big part of it. And they played decent defense. Uh, Jefferson's going to make you at times look bad, but they didn't give up the explosive no. play to him. They bracketed uh, him. They kind of well. kept him in rock. Yes, they did. Uh, uh, he got numbers, but it wasn't for big totals. And and I thought their game plan, how they did it, and look, I'm telling you, I think they're going to give the Eagles a pretty tough game. I really do. Uh, Brian always has some good game planning and. Uh, they they know each other really well. It'll be the third time they play when they play uh, next weekend. So um, that, that was an in- interesting game to watch. Uh, but you saw in all the games, for the most part, how much running at, at quarterback mm-hmm. played a big part in it. Not so much for Joe Burrow. That that that's I didn't not see that game. Team. I got to be honest. I didn't uh, see oh that man, L- listen, I'm I'm telling you, those two teams they don't dislike each other. They hate one mm-hmm. another. And so there, there was a lot of discourse between those two teams and have been because of the rivalry. But that and, was and a really a tight chance, game. Had a chance, Mike, with a Hail Mary, Hail Mary at the end. Is that what I'm seeing here in the replay? Yeah, in essence, what happened is he got flustered out of the pocket and he threw off his back foot. He just hung one up in the end zone. He gets tipped around. And uh, you always want to have a trailer in the back, mm-hmm. uh, a receiver, tight end, whatever. Uh, to make sure that if it's tipped that he can get it. He had an opportunity. He didn't make an initial real hard go for the ball, but then right at the end, he's got an opportunity. The ball pops right Mm. in front of him, and he he didn't come up with the catch. The only thing that sort of reminds me of, because you practice this a lot, is that a Saints-Falcons game a couple years back, Mm. Matt Ryan hangs one up in the end zone at the end of the game, and Calvin Ridley, who was the trailer on the play, he's not paying attention to the football. He goes after Chauncey Garner-Johnson, I guess because Chauncey aggravated him during the game. Mm. And he went after him. 
and, and didn't even realize trying the to get ball a bounced shot right in front of him. Trying yeah, to get, trying to get a cheap yeah. shot on him. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, with Prochet, the ball's right there, and he couldn't come up with the catch. That young man will be reliving that play for the rest of his life, don't you think? Well, it'll pass through his mind a lot. I'll yeah. put it to you that way. Because like, he had an opportunity to tie that game with that catch how often and think, an extra point. How often do you think Scott Norwood thinks about that missed field goal? Every day? Every day. I think because so somebody brings it up to him. Yeah, I guess that's true. Six. <laughs> Even his wife. You're not thinking about that missed field goal, are you? I wasn't. 6.30 more with Mike. We come back. Time now. WWL First News. For that, we go to Ian Ozan. 641-19 before 7, Martin Luther King Day 2023. Tommy Tucker talking to Mike Dettelier, who's going to be second-guessing at the Silver Slipper tonight with Bobby J. Bear. Mike, somebody texted this in, and let me let – me, this is going to be a Bobby Bear question, so stay with me, all right? So with the Vikings-Giants game, Darius Slayton had a drop where it was just classic, wide open, maybe could have ended the game, uh, took his eyes off the ball, started running before he had it, however you want to say it, and you could see the Giants coach – telling him you know and that's an important part of coaching it's like you look at waddle how many drops he had that's where the fine line is with coaching where you got to tell a guy look keep your head up we might need you later and with the giants they might need him later obviously and they're going to need him later in the season but with uh, waddle you got to catch the freaking ball and somebody texted in and said can you ask mike how the saints would have looked with peterson or dayball as head coach it would have been different it would have been different. Well, you knew when they hired Dennis, his forte is defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's his forte, uh, as far as coaching's concerned. Uh, he's he's not heavily involved in uh, in the offense. He he turns that over. You can't coach both sides of the football. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never forget uh, Joe Gibbs. Uh, we did a function him and I, and he said, "You know how many meetings I walked into with your boy Richie Pettibone when he was my defensive coordinator in Washington." Two, mm. the entire time. He said, I, you know, R- Richie handled my defense. I, mm-hmm. I didn't get involved. Uh, I let Richie handle it. And so it would have been different, I'll guarantee you. Now, defensively, it will look differently uh, just because that's Allen's wheelhouse on the defensive side to football. But, uh, you know, that that's the trend today, uh, to find you an offensive coach and – as a head coach, and then get your defensive coordinator run the defense. That's just the way it is. Unless Todd Bowles wins tonight in you know in Tampa, mm-hmm. every head coach that will have advanced is on the offensive side to football. Wow, um, you know, watching the games over the weekend at the quarterback position, one thing that really slapped me in the face was the Saints are in desperate need of a quarterback. I knew that before, and I know that's like a dumb <laughs> moment. You to watch all those no, 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 let me clean that it one up. Out. Wait a minute, let me clean it up. <laughs> I knew that before, but it really did. If you, it, Yeah, I don't know how to say it, but it just really highlighted how, man, we're not even close to that, any of those guys, except for the Geno Smith maybe. Yeah, the, the thing is, look at the quarterback talent accumulation in the AFC. Mm. Uh, okay, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Lamar Jackson. That's what you yeah, – well, for right now. For now, yeah. Uh, now, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure how all that's going to work out with Lamar uh, because uh, I know the team says they want him. 
but and you can franchise him. But if they had a bundle of teams looking to give up what they were going to give up for Deshaun Watson, they're going to have the same situation for Lamar. Now it's going to come down to money. How much money are you going to be able uh, to muster up to give Jackson? But I'm just telling you, in this league, there are two teams. You know, teams with a quarterback and teams for looking for one. It comes down to that. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of teams with those type players. And you got a host of NFC teams that are looking for that guy. But you're absolutely right. Either you got one or you're looking for one because there is no gray area in there. Can the Saints in any way afford Lamar Jackson? Is there any way that could happen? Man, if you want somebody bad enough, yeah. Okay. I mean, last year, didn't they go all out for Deshaun Watson? Mm-hmm. Other than they didn't guarantee the money. And when Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Browns, guaranteed Watson's contract, You'd be all of a sudden Deshaun Watson became the biggest Cleveland Brown fan in the world. Right. And so did his agent. Uh, it, it came down to that. He would have never signed with the Browns had it not been for that guarantee. And I think now more and more you are seeing these young quarterbacks getting guaranteed deals, and that's what they want. The the next contract Joe Burrow's going to sign, I would say probably 80 to 90% of that's going to be guaranteed. What the market will bear, you're getting market value. I can't blame them. Let's talk about that Chargers-Jaguars um, game. <laughs> Look, I had I was on the Jaguars plus two and a half, and I went to bed yeah. at halftime because, you know, my schedule normally has bedtime for me, and it's like, well, this is a lost cause, and I woke up the next morning. I couldn't freaking believe that. Okay, with a minus five giveaway takeaway. Yeah, and that's, yeah, yeah, and yeah. That, that's what the Jaguars had. That has happened up into this game 286 times since 1960. Um, the team with who got the the turnovers were 277 and nine. Uh, not became 277 and ten. <laughs> um, it, it's remarkable that you could turn the ball over five times and a half and still come back and win. But for me, it goes to show you uh, Brandon Staley is so far over his head as a head coach. Uh, I mean, how can you lose a game? That's a defining moment for you, uh, to lose a game like that. And uh, I was glad, uh, you know, uh, I've known Doug Peterson for quite some time now, Doug, Went to, at that time, was at Northeast Louisiana. He was the quarterback there. He actually got coached in NFL Europe by my my neighbor, Joe Clark, who passed away, with the Rhine Fire. And then he became the head coach, his first head coaching job, Calvary Baptist in Shreveport. Um, And so, man, he's done a fantastic job getting that team to believe in themselves. But Trevor Lawrence... As bad as he was in the first half, he was able to make it happen in in the second half. And uh, ATN also, you know, Louisiana kid uh, running back, man, and and they they made it work. And you could sort of feel the momentum change in the third quarter that they had things going. Uh, 
And for the Chargers, it was almost like they were looking at one another. Is this going to happen to us again? Uh, One through 53, that roster is stacked. And they got knocked out of the first round of the playoffs by a team that had the first pick in the draft in April. So you know what the next question is? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure when, when I, that's the first thing popped on my well. Second thing, first thing was holy moly, I won my bet. Then the second thing was this really, if th- this guy couldn't have scripted or asked to be fired more than this at San Diego and ha- be replaced by yeah, Sean he's, Brandon Staley's one of these analytical geeks. He he really thinks everything is sort of laid out. And you got to use it to a certain extent, but you got to have some common sense with it too. And some of the stuff he does, uh, you just shake your head about uh, as a head coach, where you can see he's way over his head uh, at this point. And now it's going to come down to the Spanos family what they want to do. And uh, I've, I've told this before: they fired Marty Schottenheimer when he was fourteen and two, mm-hmm. one year. Uh, you know, that's not going to go down well in L.A. Uh, because they're fighting for market value here. Where, I never forget, uh, I always would ask Coach O when he was coaching at USC, you know, kind of, you know, when you're looking at those situations where you find pro football, you know, in the paper. And he said, sometimes in uh, page seven or eight, you know, it's the Dodgers, it's the Lakers, it's the Clippers. It's USC football, and now you got the Rams who win the Super Bowl, and then they sell it dwellers. You got now the Chargers that are there, and sometimes you don't even know they play in L.A. I mean, uh, that that's just the way it is. Uh, Spanos, he's got to make a splash here, and at least uh, I think try to make an effort to bring in Sean Payton. That's where Sean, I think, would like to coach. Look, uh, in Manhattan right. Beach. His daughter lives in Santa Barbara. You got a tailor-made roster with a young quarterback who's super talented, and and Justin Herbert. Type up the papers, let him sign, because I'd be happy with him in the AFC West. I got if he's gonna come back to coaching and he's not coming back to the Saints, y'all don't think that's gonna happen. I'll take him in the AFC West. How often do we see him? Once every. Four years. years. Once every four years, yeah. 651, 9 till 7. More with Mike. We come back. Traffic now on WWL. No, no traffic. We're taking a break. WWL. 757 now. 3 till 7. Tommy Tucker, WWL. Talking to Mike Detelier, WWL NFL analyst, co-host of Sports Talk. Somebody texted in. Everybody has an opinion, and we welcome them. If Dallas loses tonight, Sean Payton's going to Dallas where he wants to be. That's why he's waiting for interviews till after tonight's game. Somebody else texted in. Payton can wish to go where he wants, but it'll ultimately be up to the Saints where he will be approved to go. Do the Saints have ultimate veto power over that, Mike? No, that's that's a bad read. Sean is going to dictate where he wants to go. That that's a bad read. That the Saints hold all the cards mm-hmm. in the Sean Payton sweepstakes. Ah, incorrect. Uh, he holds the cards. He's going to tell you where he's going to go, and then you work out compensation. But you know, again, they got a lot of butt smoochers in this world that they they think that. Every company, every boss has the ultimate say. 
And in many cases, it's correct, but not in this one. I don't know why the Saints would not want him in San Diego. Oh, exactly. Why wouldn't you want him in L.A. in the AFC? Show him one, plays a play one every and four years. And that's one, where he wants to go. Once every four years, unless Denver. it's in the Super Bowl, right? Uh, so they, they got a lot of people in this world, man, thank God they don't handle my money. But, uh, you know, you, you worry a little bit about how they handle theirs. But uh, I'm telling you, he handles, he is going to be the final say in this if, if and when he decides to come back and where. Uh, but you can't get that through to some people. You really can't. Hey, real quick. But there are certain teams that he is not going to go to, and a couple of them that have asked for permission to talk to him. I just want to, I didn't mean to cut you off, Mike, but before we wrap it up, they do have another game tonight. Buccaneers, Cowboys, how do you see that one unfolding? The Cowboys are a much better team, and they've played that way all season long, uh, to be honest with you. But? Uh, but <laughs> it, is, it is Brady and the Bucks, and I have never heard so many Cowboy fans either call in or text me or talk to me that are so nervous about this game because of Dak, that he's been a turnover machine. Mm-hmm. And so it sort of makes you wonder a little bit because the regular season's over with. Now it's, it's a new season, and we all know just how good Brady has been. But they have played lousy all year long. They really, really have. Um, you know, my head tells me the Cowboys win. But I'm just telling you, I would be very, very leery about this. My my head tells me stay away from it if you want to bet it. Run away. Watch the game. Enjoy it. But run away. And while you're running, listen to WWL tonight because Mike and Bobby are going to be on at 4 o'clock. Second guest from the Silver Slipper Casino. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Dolly. Appreciate it. All right. Paul Violas joins us as we come back. Talking about school safety, six-year-old shot by a teacher, a teacher shoots, wait a minute, a six-year-old shot a teacher.